The Four Horsemen. What you have here is the Four Horsemen, united, live and exciting color. Um, not those Four Horsemen. These Four Horsemen discuss theology from different viewpoints, different perspectives, as we show people how to have discussions without turning into a keyboard warrior. Are you stupid? Now, here's Dennis Thurman, Adam Black, Benjamin Kerfman, and Derek McCarson, the Four Horsemen. The game is Name That Movie. So I'm going to give you a famous one-liner, and you tell me what movie it's from. Okay. Are we actually answering this? You can answer. If they're if they're not black and white Some movies, of these I are won't know. Be really easy, but it just goes along with the episode. So play along. First one. May the force be with you. Star Trek. That's Harry Potter, right? Uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> how about how about Star Wars? <laughs> how about this one? Mama always said life was like a box of chocolates. Forrest Gump. There you go. I didn't even get through with it. How about this one? Jam. Roads. Where we're going, you don't need roads. Hmm. Hmm. Is that uh, Back to the Future? Back to the Future. Oh, yes. Boom. How about this one? Here's Johnny. The Shining. The Shining. Yes. yes. I don't watch them devil movies. <laughs> that was a good one, though. Hasta la vista, baby. Terminator. Terminator, Terminator 2. Wow. <laughs> Yo, Adrian! I did it. Oh, wait a minute, Rocky. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a new. That's Rocky too. <laughs> I was like, that's a. Bad it's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> which was that? Was Kindergarten Cop, right? I don't. I don't remember. Pretty which sure. One it was. Next one. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Oh, that's Batman. Uh, Dark Knight. That's the Dark Knight. Yep. Two Face. Also, number eight. With great responsibility, or excuse me, with great power comes great responsibility. Every Spider-Man. Every Spider-Man yes. movie. All right. I am inevitable. I am inevitable. Uh, Infinity War. Yeah. Avengers Thanos. Endgame. Is it yes. Endgame? Yep. Avengers oh, Endgame. Same Never thing. saw it. I have been and always shall that? be your friend. Say that again. I have been and always shall be your friend. I've never watched a movie that had a line like that. Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Right when uh, Spock. Oh, I, li- I like the new version better. I'm not gotcha. a nerd. Okay. <laughs> so, in case you haven't noticed, I'm letting some of my nerdy side show here in this episode. Yeah, because the CRISPR episode definitely didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you're like me, you love a good movie. Um, I don't know about you, but I was counting down the days when Avengers: Endgame finally hit the theaters, or like the third season of Stranger Things went on Netflix. Uh, if you're able to get a lot of those quotes that I mentioned, um, then like that, Adam, yeah, that should say something about us. Worldliness. We live carnality. <laughs> we live in what sociologists call a mediated culture, which means that media not only shapes our worldview, but it so ingrained itself into our living that it's the very means of communication often that we we use so we have cable television we have netflix we have social media we have youtube we have movies and radio and so we are saturated in media i mean how many times have you started off a conversation like this hey did 
did, did you see such and such movie or have you like watched the uh, the last episode of XYZ whatever the show is um quite literally you might say the medium is the message and the message is the medium I mean I have adult friends who go to comic book conferences and, and Kerfman guilty Part of the attraction of the conference is to dress up like your favorite superhero. Or do you do that? Superwoman being not Kerfman. guilty. I can't afford to cosplay. <laughs> but but you could go as the Kerf Man. <laughs> no, I decided the other day mine would be uh, Kevin Flynn from Tron Legacy. There you go. So <laughs> not that I've thought about it. But. Maybe that's not all different from you know wearing a jersey or shoes of your favorite athlete, but you could at least make the argument that athletes are real people. But people today are not just media consumers. They want to live in their fantasies because real life for them is boring, I guess. It makes me think of a quote that the Russian writer Dostoyevsky uh, had. That Say goes that like again. This. Say At that. first, art imitates life, and then life will imitate art, and then life will find its very existence from the arts. I think that's where we are living today. So with media saturation at an all-time high, we ask ourselves as Christians, what does this mean for us? How are we going to discern good media from bad? Um, are, are we amusing ourselves to death? Yes. More importantly, you might ask yourself, well, how do we break down the messages that are being conveyed through media? Because no movie television show or piece of entertainment that comes across your eyes or ears is benign. It has a message. It has a worldview. It has a value system that it's communicating to you. Um, we also need to maintain a healthy balance between media consumption and feeding on the word. Um, because chances are, if you were to do that same test that we did earlier on, except with Bible verses, and you were to ask church people for chapter uh, verse and number they probably wouldn't do very well with that but they could tell you stats of their favorite fantasy football player or they could tell you quotes from movies or whatever the case might be there so that's the topic um for the four horsemen podcast tonight but if people would just live a sanctified life <laughs> a life of separation from the world they wouldn't have to worry about that stuff. bible says be separate that's right. Come out from among them. That's right. Yeah. It means so, you wear a suit in the pool. <laughs> well, a bathing suit. We're already digressing. So I'm your host for tonight, Derek McCarson. I'm joined by my usual suspects, Ben Kerfman, Dennis Thurman, Adam Black. So let's jump right in. Um, the Bible was written thousands of years ago. What principles could it possibly give for 21st century Christians about the media that we consume today. Anybody, go. There's been some pretty good movies made out of the Bible. Yeah. Ten Commandments. Ben-Hur. Yep. Noah. The Shack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Is that not in the, is that not in the Bible? No. No, oh, I'm sorry. But you're talking about, you're saying, what does the Scripture speak to? Well, we were just talking about, you know, be in the world but not of the world that type of stuff I mean, there's that's that's okay, easier said that than mean? done yeah, yeah what, 
Yeah. What's the practical application of that? Because I, I think the issue is we, we tend to have these extremes. You've got, on the one hand, legalistic people. And then say, you know, you don't go to a movie. I was, I was raised that way. I mean, first movie I ever saw was Airport. I was uh, 15 years old. And the whole time, the only thing I could think about was, if Jesus comes back, I'm left behind. Because <laughs> I am in a <laughs> theater watching a movie. Was it Airplane so, or Airport? No, it was Airport. No, Airplane had not been Oh, yeah, come out. It was Charlie so, Chaplin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's black Silent movie. Yeah. It's the yeah. Wright Brothers yeah. documentary. Yeah. All, all I'm saying is, no, it actually was the that's Wright how Brothers. old I was. That's how old I was when I saw my first movie because I was raised in that environment right. that you separated yourself from the world, anything like the world, and it was all sinful. So, so legalism. Then on the other hand, you've got liberalism in which basically anything goes. It doesn't matter what kind of movie. You can just go down, you know, go to the. Uh, movie house where they uh, have uh, the beer uh, available and you're drinking beer and discussing movies and watching stuff and it doesn't matter what it is you know it's art and god gave us art and so there's there's got to be some kind of of biblical balance somewhere there don't you think right i agree and and that's that's the question on the table is okay the, the bible is an ancient book that was written thousands of years before movies existed or, or media as we know it today. So what sort of principles is it going to give us to help us frame our thinking on this, this thorny problem? Paul said all things are permissible, but all things are not expedient. Um, there are things that I could watch, but does that mean I should watch? Uh, is it going to be uplifting? Is it going to help me along in my spiritual life? So I don't think we necessarily say it's taboo and you never go, uh, but there are some things I shouldn't take into my mind, and uh, and I need to filter that through whether I eat or drink or whatever I do to do all to the glory of God. Right. So one question you could ask is, it, you know, is there anything redeemable? Is there anything good? You know, Paul talks about that in Philippians four eight. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. Whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Well, so you I, could filter it through that grid. But, I mean, in today's society, you mentioned it in the intro uh, about the just saturation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, it's almost impossible to not <laughs> be in contact with some form of media. You know what I'm saying? I exactly, mean, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. regardless of what you do, you know, you, you go places, you, you see pictures, you see commercials, you hear music, you hear you're inundated with all this media. So I think it's to sit here and to say, well, I will never do this. It's I would say that it's almost impossible to do it. You can't um, be the ostrich with his head in the sand. Right. Um, I never will forget and, and kind of, you know, one of my downfalls is I do love movies. I love all sorts of movies, all different types of movies and and if Terry Hallfield was still part of us, he would give me a hard time about it. But, um, but I never will forget Scott Thompson kind of speaking on this at Fruitland, and he was talking about, and you hit on it, um, to watch something. But the thing that I've always tried to do, and I to think that I do this every time, I would be lying, but to take every thought captive. So, like you said, the beginning, every movie has a message, every has a worldview. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it from that lens, okay, what is this movie trying to put across? You you really get the idea of it's almost like a 
Paul and Mars Hill, you're observing what the world has to offer in a sense. And, and so you get a picture of what the clear, what the message in the worldview is of the movie. And it actually, I think it sharpens you a little bit. Well, yeah. And that's um, a good point, Adam. And that kind of, that kind of leads into another trait that the Bible is going to help us with. The Bible tells us we need discernment, discern every spirit for not every spirit is, 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 is true. Um, first John four, one is a good reference for that. And I know I butchered it in my quote, but, <laughs> um, we need to have discernment and, as we watch a movie, as we partake in the latest episode of whatever series that we're addicted to, um, we need to assess what's the worldview, what's the message behind it, what is it saying about the human condition, um, what value system is it based around, um, what are the questions that it's asking, what are the assertions that it's making about reality, what, what is it saying is good, what is it saying is evil. Um, those are the kinds of things that we need to be assessing when we watch that and when we discuss it, because, um, another aspect of this is our kids are watching. Mm -hmm. If you have kids or grandkids, they're going to want to go see the newest Marvel movie, or they're going to want to go see Toy Story 4. And, um, even in children's movies, uh, they, there are messages Mm -hmm. coming through the screen there. And we have to help our kids and train our kids to think through these things and not just absorb them like mindless sponges, but sift through the ideas and say, all right, here's what's good about it, and here's what's bad about it, and here's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Um, so anybody want to speak to that? Well, my concern there uh, when you're talking about children is the power of those visual images with all the sound behind it and the effects and and things that become really indelibly imprinted upon their brains. And and while those brains are in that early formation, they don't have discernment. So we have to, as parents, be discerning for them. And so I think there's things in which we have to say, no, you're not watching that. You're not going to that. And and here's and here's why, which makes it all that more alluring for the well, child. Well, sure it does. Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, the 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 law awakens <laughs> their conscience, and they it's want the to wet go paint do, sign. Do the, yeah, yeah. And but but still, that's our responsibility, I think, to shepherd the little lambs and not let them be thrown to the wolves. And I think there's a, a risk there uh, if if we're not careful. But you know we can go overboard with that. I think and sure. just make everything to be to be bad, and then uh, once they go spend the night with somebody or they're <laughs> able to get then then you know they're just fully in, engaged with it. It's like it's it's funny we were talking about last night. We've been trying to make it a point um, to just as a family just shut off phones, just spend time together. And um, we were watching my oldest loves. She wants to know what I watched as a kid and what was some of my favorite things as a kid. And she wants to watch those things. And so one of my favorite things as a kid was the Three Stooges. I love the Three Stooges. <laughs> right. So on, uh, we, we, I found it last night and they had some in color, which I'd never seen in color. They had digital, which made it a whole different animal. But anyway, but we were watching the episode and it was funny and they were laughing and all that. Well, Shimp. Uh, it was an episode where he went was he had died and went to heaven. I don't know if you've seen this one, but they send him back down all, to haunt uh, Larry and Mo. So it's hilarious. It's funny because he's 
pulling tricks on them because they can't see him. So Lily, my youngest, she goes, he's a real ghost. Like, and like she, it wasn't a ha ha ha. It was like mm-hmm. a real, so we had to like sit down and have this discussion on ghosts because she automatically, mm-hmm. oh, there, there's really ghosts. Like, even though as goofy as it was, her little five-year-old mind was like, oh, there's really ghosts. And I'm like, so we had to actually have a conversation during three stooges about ghosts. And so my, my daughter said ghostesses. ghostesses. <laughs> That's the plural. Man, you've been quiet this whole time. I know you want to jump in. Yeah. I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> you got the most kids. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think I would agree with everything that's been said. I mean, we do have to be really careful um, with what we ourselves consume and also our kids um, and our spouses, right? There's plenty of uh, Christian uh, ladies out there that want to watch The Bachelor or whatever, and like that's not going to affect them, you know. Um, it's basically just a show about hooking up or whatever, or The Bachelorette or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't watch mainstream TV. I'm too spiritual, but. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, like, like in our house just last week, we, uh, we canceled Netflix in our house. So we have Amazon prime now, which is a lot more limited, but, um, we've made the decision to try to start investing more in like board games and things like that. And things that we have to actually interact as a family doing puzzles and those kind of things. And, um, so we're slowly reverting to the Amish life, but, um, you'll be churning your own butter pretty soon. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, I made the kids do it, but (laughs) (laughs) responsibility, not child labor. Anyways, um, but no, I think, I think we do have to be careful with that. Like, for instance, you know, just like you said, Derek, you know, uh, if your kids are in school at all, they're going to love Marvel and all this kind of stuff. You know, I mean, like uh, My Little Pony, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't seen some of it or the movie or if I I have or if I didn't know who the characters (laughs) are. Um, But. Not turn uh, in your man card. It's not yeah. bad. It's actually not that bad. <laughs> yeah. There's worse. Brownies for life. But uh anyways. So uh you, but if you pay attention to the news, you'll realize that recently they had their first episode where, you know, one of the ponies has two ants and uh, you know, they're introducing that concept into the show. Well, you know, my kids aren't gonna be watching that. Um or uh you know, uh, I love superhero stuff. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is a show that I used to really enjoy on Netflix until basically every single character is having uh, same-sex scenes in ev- like every episode to the point where they're just like shoving it down your throat of whether you want to watch or not. And I and I could care, you know, for those who may be listening who don't have a problem with that, I don't really see the need for romance in any of it at all anyways, whether it's heterosexual stuff or whatever i'm like i it doesn't add that much to the plot for just me kill I'd a ju- bunch of people i just up. assume leave it all out that's right you know <laughs> slay a dragon or something i don't care um i don't care you know who you have feelings for or whatever it doesn't matter but um there there's things like that where culturally like i had to get to the point where for a while i was like okay i'm just gonna press through this because i do like some of the storylines and all that and finally like the latest season i got like three or four episodes and i'm just like i just can't take it anymore like 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 you were saying, Derek, you know, what are the assertions and things that they're making? The assertion was more sexual than it was uh, entertainment to the point where it was like, listen, y'all y'all were pressing so hard on the fact that all these characters uh, have like gay love interest 
that this is actually turning into a gay love interest show and not mm. a superhero show. Right. <laughs> you know, that that's kind of like a side theme at this point, and I'm just not interested in any of that, even if it's, uh, you know, uh, straight romance or whatever. Like, I don't care. I don't want... I, that's just not something I'm interested in. So we do have to be discerning with that. You know, with the kids, um, they do like some Marvel movies. I have a way to filter those, and so I do take out, you know, certain violent scenes, language, things like that. Do you use Vid Angel? I don't anymore because you can't filter Marvel uh, or anything Disney with Vid Angel because they're in a lawsuit with Disney. Mm. So you can't do Star Wars, can't do Marvel movies, which is pretty much all we watch. Um, so I'm using ClearPlay, which is a Google Chrome extension that you can get. You pay like seven ninety nine a month. And it works with Amazon Prime. So anything that you rent on Amazon Prime or stream on Amazon Prime, they've got filters on there. So, like, my kids have seen, like, Black Panther and the Avengers and um, Ant-Man, stuff Wakanda like that. Wakanda forever. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, and so, like, they, they love the movies, but I take the profanity out. I take any kind of um, sex scenes out. I take uh, any kind of extreme violence, you know, stuff that's bloody or anything like that out. So they still get the plot. They still get the good action, you know, fighting parts without it being gory or anything like that. So that's worked pretty good for us. And what was that? What? It's called Clear Play. Okay. So one of the things that we do as Christians is um, we look at things redemptively. Um, so you can look at something like a movie and say, all right, what's, what's redeemable about this? Because... Um, we know the Bible is a story in and of itself. It's the, the grand meta-narrative of redemption. Uh, history is his story. It's, it's God's story of, of redemption. And so what you see a lot of times when you watch movies, even the best compelling plots, actually are stolen from the Bible, and a lot of people don't realize that. Um, so, for instance... You watch a movie and and, and um, you see uh, like superhero movies, for example. Well, that's a good tie-in to the Christian theme, and because humanity needs a savior, right? Um, a lot of movies will ask questions about deep issues in life, like are we alone in the universe? What happens when we die? Um, what do we do about evil and injustice? Um, Everybody wants to see a movie with a happy ending because we all have a desire for evil to lose and good to triumph, for you know lovers to be united, for um, you know the magic curse to be broken, or whatever the case might be. We we have an inbuilt sense of justice. Um, so let's talk about that for just a, a moment about um seeing these things in movies and using them in positive ways that we might connect it with our lost friends or people that we're discussing the movie with to the gospel because um, a lot of the best stories that are told in the movies that we, we love today are actually borrowed directly from the plot of the Bible. Yep. So let's talk about that for a moment. It's funny you say that because we've been going through a study on Wednesday nights where we finished it up on um, the gospel and um, Jeff Vanderstelt, I've kind of used his stuff from Soma Church, but he was talking about how the gospel story is in every story, pretty much, in, in the sense that you have creation slash purpose. Uh, then there's a problem, usually. Uh, there's, there's a solution, there's a redemption, and then there's a hope. 
um, in, in pretty much every story. And so um, what I've challenged our people to do just in conversations is to listen for that. What's, what's the person's problem? What are they finding their identity in, you know, and uh, what are they looking for in the solution and what is their hope? And, but even in movies uh, and, and even um, like you just said, it's almost in every single movie you see that the, it woven in there. Um, obviously Jesus isn't the hope and the solution, but, um, in a lot of the movies, but, but you definitely do see that. So if you're aware and you, you, you know, um, you look for it and listen for it, it's certainly there. And so it, it definitely sparks, um, I would think I haven't done it. I hadn't actually been to a movie in a long time, but, um, you know, if you went with a friend, Hey, let's, let's try to let, find that story in this. Let's try to see what the problem, the solution, the hope, and, um, and you could probably have a really good conversation about that, but I think you'd have to do a little bit of, um, leeway into that. You have to set it up a little bit a conversation prior to, or they won't see it pretty much. Yeah. Well, you know, you could, you can use that in a positive way. Say, for instance, you, you have a neighbor, you work with somebody and, and you know, they're into the latest Marvel movie or whatever. And you say, Hey, did you see that movie yet? And then as you discuss it, you know, that can open the door and say, you know, um, our, our pastor said something the other week about this and I really connected. And then you can jump from one thing to another. And I, I just had a conversation door. yesterday, um, revolving around, um, Infinity War and Endgame, you know, with a coworker of mine who feels like Thanos was not uh, severe enough with the snap. Which, if you if this is a spoiler to you at this point, then you're you've just, been living in a cave yeah, somewhere. Yeah, like I watched Infinity War on Netflix, y'all. If you haven't seen it by now, you're just going to deal with it. But you know, uh, my coworker's theory is that at least seventy five percent of all humans should be killed because we're a cancer on the planet. In his words. Um, and so That's I got a to big ha- statement. Oh, yeah. snap. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, but you know, but so the com- the conversation that I brought up though, is I said, you know, well, I disagree with that because I think that humans have inherent dignity and worth. Oh yeah. Right. Image and God. so his response is, well, I think humans are cancer. And I was like, I disagree with you, but I do that respectfully because you have inherent dignity and worth, which again, demonstrates that my worldview is more consistent. <laughs> Um, than yours and so you know he made a comment later about uh if he was a politician he would eliminate people or something i was like would i be one of those people he's like well no not you i'm like oh so you get to decide uh who who lives and who dies you know and so you just there's a way to tie in those kind of conversations but you know the the big challenge that a lot of christians have is they don't understand the meta narrative enough to even point it out in movies which is why they don't have discernment of like, you know, I, I like I can preach Jesus out of like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, The Matrix, any Marvel movie. I mean, like I can find a way to, to make a connection there um, because I understand that, like you were saying, this meta narrative mm-hmm. of underneath the surface. The only reason why humans like any of this stuff is because in some way it's pointing to Christ, who, who is the e- eternal truth. That's why a lot of churches are doing the movie series right so what so what do you think about about that that? what do you think about showing a clip as a sermon illustration i've I've done it not a lot but i have on occasion so do you guys do that and what do you think about that go for it well i mean just like i said some of these uh some of these churches are doing they'll show like five minute clips and they'll go through an entire movie um just snippets and use it 
to launch it. I, I think it's, I'd like to know the legality behind that, but that's another topic. But, uh, um, but it, I, I mean, I've used shows, I've used videos, I've used that type of stuff um, in sermons. I don't, I don't think there's an issue. I don't think there's an issue as long as it's an illustration, you know. I have done it and would do it, but not on a Sunday morning. Oh, here we go again. Uh, Regulative principle. <laughs> right? Uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> Knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah Paul, Paul quoted the pagan poet, but it wasn't in Sunday morning. <laughs> gotcha. Dennis, any uh, thoughts before we close this, wrap it up? I just think that there is such a, uh, a a demand upon us as believers to be conversant with the culture without being contaminated by it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to understand that we live in a world that has fallen and that people are being consumed with these uh, things in media. Uh, and, and so that, that's going to be their frame of reference. And if we don't, if we're not conversant with it, then we're going to have a hard time communicating with them. And yet it's so easy uh, in an attempt to build a bridge to them. A bridge goes both ways. And if we're not careful, we allow those false ideas and thoughts to uh, become obsessions with us and to twist us. And so, you know, it's, it's a delicate thing. It requires, it's a matter of spiritual warfare and conviction. I think if you have the bedrock of scripture as your foundation, then, uh, then you can, uh, have something you'll be able to stand on, uh, and, and not be blown about by every wind of doctrine or the latest, uh, movie review. So, uh, but, but it's not, it's not a simple thing. And so, uh, I think like you said, discernment is very, very important, but we still have to, to be conversant, I think. Yeah, that's exactly the point that I would make, too, is that um, media in and of itself is not evil. Uh, It's a tool. It can be used for good or it can be used for evil. Um, It's a medium through which we convey worldview, ideas, principles, whatever. Um, The purpose as Christians is to filter that through our uh, Christian worldview grid, um, take what is good, Acknowledge it, um, use it as fuel in our witnessing and our um, preaching. Of course, the greatest discovery that we can make is uh, studying the Bible, and the Bible tells us that we are players in the greatest epic of all time, this divine drama that God has been carrying out from eternity past and will go into eternity future. So uh, that's the greatest discovery that we can make is that we have a part to play in this great story that God has been telling since the beginning of time and that we, we have a, um, a, a place in that. So I hope that this episode has been beneficial to you, been a blessing, and we look forward to conversing with you again next time. You can continue the conversation online by visiting us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the number four horsemen. Don't forget to tell your friends and enemies about the podcast and be sure to subscribe and review. They look at me funny when I talk like I got a speech impediment. Homie, check my passport. Heaven, I'm a resident. Like a conscious rapper, but do more than master president. I see brothers coughing, so I hit them with the medicine.
medicine. On the other side, they say the grass is greener. Seen the forecast, man, they calling for Katrina.